Welcome to Bramasol's Insights to Action podcast library of topics covering regulatory compliance, reporting, disclosures, financial management, and financial transformation technologies. Bramasol is the leader in SAP-based finance solutions and a co-innovator with SAP on developing and deploying purpose-built compliance capabilities. Learn more about Bramasol at www.bramasol.com. Hello, this is Jim Hunt hosting Bramasol's Insights to Action podcast series, which focuses on key issues of compliance, financial management, and financial transformation. Uh, today we're really lucky to have uh, insights from Julio de la Costa. Um, Julio is the Director of Technical Accounting at Bramasol. He's a CPA. He's got over 18 years of professional experience in accounting. He's been on both sides of the desk. He started at uh, KPMG in their external audit practice. He's spent many years at multinational Fortune 500 companies at the director level. Today we're going to talk a bit about some of the technology trends in automation and um, artificial intelligence and the impacts those are having on the monthly accounting close process. So Julio, it's great to have you with us today. Will you want to talk a little bit about your experience and how it maps into this particular topic? Yes, Jim. Thank you very much for having me today. Very excited to talk about this topic. So Jim, as you mentioned in your Introduction, as far as my experience goes, so I have been fortunate enough to be on both sides of the fence. When I say both sides of the fence, what I mean is really I've been a controller, and now what I do at Bramasol is I help companies improve their processes. We implement certain softwares, and as a result of implementing these softwares, we look at process improvement. We look at how how can we make this business run better? In our experiences thus far with implementing revenue recognition software as well as lease accounting software, what we find is even though you're implementing software, it's really a process re-engineering. So what do I mean by that? What I mean by that is as you implement a new software, you really have to take a look at what is my as-is process for revenue recognition, for lease accounting, and then what do I want it to be going forward. With this great software that I'm adding to my organization, there has to be financial processes that underlie the software. So I don't always see it as an implementation. I always see it as a process re-engineering. And I think that goes well with customers because customers are always looking for the additional edge of how do I make my organization run more efficiently or more effectively or both. So those things is what I really like to focus on as we go into customer organizations and we help them implement software, implement new processes as we go forward. So, so in, a, in a way, there, there's really no magic bullets um, about software that you can drop in and everything is perfect. You always have to stop and think about the processes and how they're impacted and where you're trying to get to. Yes, of course. So people are, some, some people think, as you said, you know, I'm going to put this beautiful piece of software and it costs a lot of money and it's going to do that magic bullet for me and do all the things that I wanted to do. Well, you know, from a fundamental perspective, what really drives organizations uh, at, at the basic level are processes. So 
you know, using software, what you're doing is you're changing from a manual process to an automated process. So there's implications in that discussion as well. Let's let's kind of cut to the focus of today's topic, which is uh, how these um, software changes uh, impact, hopefully in a positive way, the monthly close process. Yes. So if we take a step back, I mean, as, as long as companies have been reporting numbers, they've been closing their books. So I don't know if there's probably been thousands of years, hundreds of years, but every company, you know, whether you're doing $50 billion in revenue or you're doing $500 in revenue, you have to close your books because what, what essentially you're doing is you're tabulating all the results for that period and you're reporting those results to shareholders, to the owners, to internal, external customers. So the closing process is one of those necessary evils that companies have been, you know, dealing with for as long as time, as long as accounting has been around. So from, from a fundamental perspective, if, if you think about the close process, we see that technology has come in in the last 10 years, especially in the last five years, where companies are looking at, again, Jim, it goes back to processes, goes back to the processes of what does an accounting close look like? From my experience, being a controller on the other side, you know, I've been in closed processes where it takes 15 days, 15 days to close your books. So wow. by the time you close your books, you actually have to think about the next month of close. So it really wasn't that efficient. And as a personal kind of, kind of experience... Like a, kind of like a squirrel in a treadmill, right? Exactly. You just never stop. You're, you're always closing the books. And I think the focus recently with, with new technologies and new platforms has been how can we make this close essentially more efficient? And, you know, we have the usage of the word obsolete, but it's not necessarily obsolete. It's more efficient. I like to say more efficient because how can we take something that we've been doing in one way and then improve it to allocate more resource time to something else? Because at the end of the day, if you think about, what the close process will do if you shorten it is that I'm taking it from 15 days to five days. Well, the next question you're going to be asked is, well, what are you going to do with these additional 10 days that you have now, now that you've made your close more efficient? Well, Jim, we can talk about this from now till tomorrow, but there's a number of other things that accountants, especially finance and accounting departments, would love to do. Accountants has always been looked at as the back office guys, the guys that record the historical numbers. Well, with those extra 10 days, what you can really do is you can start driving value within the organization. You can start driving benefits to the executive team by saying, okay, we're not just the back office guys. We can help you drive future value. We can help you drive looking at your processes, trying to save costs, trying to increase revenue. So, this, the accountant of the future, the accountant of now, really focuses on how can I drive more value within my organization. So in, in a way what you're doing, uh, the accounting team is able to kind of shift its focus from looking in the rearview mirror to looking down the road and seeing the curves and the terrain ahead. Exactly. So, you know, typically, you know, in the accounting world, accountants have typically been a cost center. 
you have a cost center cost centers are uh collations of of information of costs they don't really drive any revenue and i think what the focus has been shifting to is are there ways in which the accounting department can become a profit center a profit center now has revenue involved in it now most people would think that i'm crazy by saying that but there are ways where accountants can really drive value within your organization and i think we're going to talk about some of those in shortly right jim yeah let, let's talk some about the uh both buzzwords like predictive analysis and financial insights yeah. and so on um and and uh, the big picture um artificial intelligence um kind of yeah. define those things but also you know the old tried and true nuts and bolts uh, accounts payable and accounts receivable those processes are essentially they're driving the data streams that feed into the close process so you can't Correct. ignore them, but they have to be brought into the big picture of with new technologies. C Correct. So, so if you think about what automation and artificial intelligence can do for an accounting process, is the first thing you have to look at is what has been volume-driven transactions as far as the accounting close. When you look at volume-driven transactions, Two things come to mind. The first thing is account receivable. You know, you have an invoice, you send out a customer invoice, the customer pays you, the money comes in. Somebody has to apply those invoices. In my experience as a controller in my previous life, you know, you have five people, all they do for five days of the month is they open the envelope from the customer from the mail, they see a check, they go into the system, might be Excel or whatever system they're using, and they apply that check amount to the customer invoice that the company sent out. So as you can imagine, that's a very repetitive task. It's, it's volume, especially if you have a high volume transaction right. environment. In my experience, I used to work for basically a Comcast type environment where the company had 100,000 customers. So you had five people Five days of the month, all they were doing, 10 hours a day, was opening the mail, pulling the checks out, entering the information, and applying it to a customer invoice. So that is where you really see value to artificial intelligence. When I say artificial intelligence, what do I mean? I mean that there are, there are software platforms right now, ERP add-ons, where essentially, what the system does is, once the check comes in, the check says, this is, this is coming from this customer. Well, the system already knows that we, the company, sent out this invoice 10 days ago, 20 days ago. So it automatically, without human intervention, can say, customer ABC paid you $100. This matches exactly with the $100 invoice that we sent out 15 days ago. So what artificial intelligence will do in that scenario, it will take all those assumptions and say, okay, at the end of January, we found 100 applications. There are five applications that the customer name did not match the customer receipt of the check. So you have to go check that. So there's still some manual intervention but here's the good thing about artificial intelligence in the accounting environment, Jim, is that the next month, 
let's say it was A, B, C, D period, the check came in as that, the system is going to learn that A, B, C, D customer is also A, B, C, D period customer. So the next month, instead of coming up with a potential exception saying, well, the $100 doesn't match because the customer name is different, it learned from the previous month that along with the period, this is also the same customer. So that's the beauty of artificial intelligence, where it's learning as it goes. That's amazing, but, too. And it, and it would seem that there's a, um, a job enrichment component to this as well, that that uh, um, receivables clerk is able to deal with exceptions, see the bigger picture. The AI, AI module almost becomes a uh, kind of a companion, a co-worker that does the grunt work, and then the the human is able to look at the bigger pictures, exceptions, and gain from uh, the work the AI module is doing. Well, Jim, I don't know anybody in my experience that actually enjoys application of customer payments to the invoices, so you're exactly correct. What's going to happen is, what's going to happen is very simple, is that you have this sort of assistant or colleague, just a colleague is the artificial intelligence, and they're doing all the manual labor. What you know, the receivables clerk is doing, you're doing more analysis. And as we know, what motivates humans is when you start doing higher levels of work and the, uh, and the quality of your work. So instead of you matching these invoices, what you're doing now is you're looking at review reports and you are doing research and you're doing investigations. So that is more enriching work to be done. And obviously, I think you may have a more satisfied employee. So there's a lot of benefits outside of just the automation piece. Yeah, and it sounds like from our previous discussions that there are some some other benefits as far as breadth um, for companies that are global, have a, a lot of individual departments or in individual business units that, um, that new technologies such as AI will make it easier to roll those up or to look at reports across departments. So it'll it'll kind of lift the view and make it broader than a single human being could do as well. Yes, I mean, so Jim, there's, there's two other areas as far as uh, artificial intelligence, process automation goes. On the flip side, there's the accounts payable area which is exactly the same process on the accounts receivable area, which is you pay a check and then you're applying that payment to reduce your liability. So essentially, again, you have an AI tool that is automatically matching the payment to the invoice as well, and that is also reducing time. The next big piece for the accounting close is companies that do what we call in the SAP world Good received, invoice received. So essentially, what that is, is when you have companies that have inventory and they ship that inventory, what happens is when the inventory is received, you have to go into your accounts payable system and say this has been received. However, just because the inventory has been received doesn't necessarily mean that you, the company, have received that invoice from the customer. It might be in the mail. It might be in transition still. Therefore, that GRIR account is a holding account. 
And I think there's really, really good benefits where, again, in my professional experience, I have had folks work on this GRIR account for over 15 days within the close, just trying to match, especially when you have high inventory customers with a lot of inventory, a lot of shipments going on. And what we've seen is that artificial intelligence can automatically improve that process by matching the customer shipments to the invoices without human intervention. Uh, again, I, I assume that there'll be uh, kind of an exception reporting that comes up to the humans. So, for instance, out yes. of all of all of those invoices and goods received uh, in the holding account in the GRIR account, there are obviously going to be many instances, especially if you have a high volumes, where there is a discrepancy. There's not a match, say, in quantities of goods received and quantities invoiced, and those are the things you want your experienced, skilled human beings to focus on. Exactly, Jim. So in that process, especially in that environment, what happens is every period run, the accountant will receive an exception report. Exactly what you said. There's a discrepancy. Are you going to allow it? Are you going to research it? Is it okay? And then the system will come with suggestions. You know, we think, you know, I think this is what it should be. And you can accept it. You can reject it. You can research it further. And I think the good thing, again, just like in the AR process, what happens is the next month, if you accept it, all those potential discrepancies for the next month are going to be green-lighted. So it's going to really keep on improving. And that's the beauty of what I see today as the exciting technologies within the finance and accounting function is that it learns every month, so it gets better and better. So therefore, again, it's all about what am I going to do with my accounting staff now that I have all this additional time? That, uh, that, that sounds great. We have a few minutes left in the podcast. Um, can you elaborate a bit on what it means to the teams and how they're going to be more efficient and how their roles will change with the increased automation? Yes, definitely. So. When we go from this traditional accounting role of here's what I'm doing, um, you know, I'm the account receivable clerk, I am the accounts payable clerk, I'm the inventory reconciliation person that's doing this, this is my job for 25 days of the month. When now you have this additional time, well, what does that look like? What does that look like from an executive level? Well, instead of maybe doing that reconciliation, Maybe I can find better ways to match my costs to my revenues. I can find better ways to do analytical analysis. So let's look at accounts receivable. The person who was previously matching receivables to payments, the customer payment, why not look at how can I optimize my customer collections? Most companies offer discounts if you pay within three days, or most companies have cycling, where essentially the faster you pay, the bigger discounts you get. So why not look at these sort of analytical processes to help drive revenue? And if you're not driving revenue, you're reducing your cost. So in the right. example of an accounts payable, instead of me paying in at 30 days, a lot of companies say, if you pay within 10 days, you get a 3% discount. I can tell you from my professional experience, 
most companies don't even t take those discounts because they're too busy reconciling. But what about if you had this extra two, three days within the close and you're saying, wait a minute, if I just paid seven days earlier, I'm going to get a 3% discount. 3% discount or 1% discount for 10,000 invoices every month, it adds up pretty quickly. And then you can go to your executive and say, by the way, you know, now that I have extra time in my day, I looked at our payment schedules and I was, I was, I was happy enough to save the company $50,000 in six months. I mean, that's something that is, you know, any executive will be very, very happy to hear. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, um, okay, suppose I'm a CFO and I really like what I'm hearing about the changes that could happen. How would I go about it? What are some of the first steps? And is it a, a giant uh, overhaul, a big step function, or is there some way I can incrementally move into it? So that's a great question, Jim. So from my perspective, based on talking to a number of customers and what I've seen in my experience as, as a professional myself, the technologies available today, and I mean, since we in Bramasol, we are aligned with SAP, there's a central finance platform where it's actually designed for companies not to necessarily take a full S4 journey, but you start, start as they say, tiptoeing into the S4 journey by using central finance. In central finance, you can actually add these, these modules of good receipt, GRIR module, where it's going to help you do that. And you can also add those AR and AP functionality that's going to help start to bring in little pieces of artificial intelligence in your process. I mean, obviously, this is an investment that companies have to make at some point, but there's always cost-benefit analysis when you go to a CFO and you go to his executive committee and you put forward, here's my case, and my case is going to say, I am going to drive my costs down by reducing the time it takes to close my books. With that additional time, I can have my accounting analysis done faster. I can do more analyses. Companies always talk about the accounting team doesn't have time to do analysis. Well, if I close my process faster, I'm going to have more time. And at the end of the day, Jim, this is all about time. It's all about resource allocation. If I can turn my allocation of my resources from monotonous, repetitive work, give that to the artificial intelligence, and have my analysts do more what they're paid to do, which is analyzing, I think you're going to see a really, really, really different conversation at the executive level. Boy, it's a, it sounds really exciting. Um, and uh, just a note, I think we do have a uh, upcoming webinar focusing on central finance, and we'll be doing another podcast. I hope you can come back and join us for that one because we'd love to hear your insights on how to leverage uh, central finance and other technologies to, to start the journey without uh, having to overhaul the entire operation. Um, Definitely. This great. This has been very helpful. I appreciate your time. I know all the listeners appreciate your time. And uh, look Thank forward very to much. future podcasts from you. Thank you, Julio, and have a good day. Bye-bye. Thank you very much, Jim. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to this episode of Bramasol's Insight to Action podcast series. We hope that you found it helpful. 
To ensure that you never miss a future episode, you can subscribe to Bramasol at iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about Bramasol and detail on our solutions for compliance, optimization, and financial transformation, please visit www.bramasol.com or email us at info at bramasol.com.